Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Well, it is the Corelcast, and I am Corel. Happy Friday. What a great day today. We're going to catch up with my friend, David Arquette. Uh, he is in the big movie, Scream, that's out right now. He bought Bozo. Uh, he's got so much to talk about, and he's going to take 15 minutes for us uh, from his L.A. home, where he shares it with his wife, Christina McLarty, and their two adorable children. Uh, and we are going to chat, and that's going to be coming up in the second half of the show. So don't miss David Arquette coming up. Right now, I have to talk about the story everyone's talking about because they want to either harm President Biden or in some way, uh, I don't know, make some point, which is inflation. It's the worst that it's been since XYZ. And do you know why I let that go in one ear and out the other? Because corporate profits in the last two years have soared. The Las Vegas Strip has made more money in the last six months than it did in the last three years, according to their, they've done a billion dollars a month or more. Okay, so there's money, first of all. Second of all, yes, everything's more expensive and corporate profits are at an all-time high. So what does that tell you and I? That tells you and I that they're just charging us more to charge us more. Your house doesn't cost your landlord any more money right now than it did two years ago, okay? His mortgage rates didn't go up. They probably went down. He got a break for 12 months on paying the payments, the owner of your, of your place, or got PPE money. They could have lowered your freaking rent over this crisis. Instead, they rose it here in Vegas. Huge hikes. Huge. From like 1,500 to 2,300. Just huge, huge hikes. And why are they doing it? Because they're greedy bastards. That's why they're doing it. Why are they charging us more for food and screaming supply chain? You know what? If the supply chain is so damn important to everything, then move those truckers from the Canadian border. Get them out of the way. If commerce is so damn important, but see, they talk about inflation like it's in some way Biden's fault that everyone's greedy all of a sudden and that gouging you on prices is okay. It's all just made up. Case in point, Cox Cable tries to charge me $169 a month for just gigablast internet with unlimited data. That's it. That's all I get for $162 a month. Well, Verizon came around and said, we rolling out the, five, the 5G and, and you know, very soon we'll be able to give it to you for $90 a month. Same thing, except you gotta stick a big, huge antenna in your window. So I called Cox and said, why should I stay with you? They lowered my bill down to $120 a month. And when Verizon becomes available, I might just, but see if they, if the bill can just go from 160 to 140 because this technician on the phone has permission to do it, that means it's just made up anyway. It don't cost Cox $150 a month to run the internet to my house. It doesn't, like I said, your landlord ain't being charged any more money for anything. His property taxes didn't go up. If they don't pay gas, water, and lights, those didn't go up. 
The only thing that went up was his ability to make money. And so they are doing it. These food companies that are just charging outrageous prices for food and blaming supply chain. No, what you're saying is in order for us to maintain the level of profit that we are comfortable with, because right now giving you these products might be costing us more money, we're going to charge you more. We'll charge you more instead of cut into any of our record profits. That ain't inflation. That's greed. We ain't got an inflation issue. We got a greed problem. People be greedy. All kinds of greedy. When you got to make $100,000 just to be comfortable in America, and if you make $50,000 a year, you're poor? I know people making $70K a year. They ain't got $100,000 saved up in the bank. They don't have all the money to be able to take vacation after vacation and dine at the best restaurants. 70K a year ain't anything anymore. And so don't talk to me about inflation. This stuff is not costing them more money. And if it is, they can absorb the cost. How do I know? They've been making more money than God. And that says a lot because God makes a lot of money every year through those mega churches that are untaxed. But they've been making more. Jeff Bezos has been making more money than that pastor there in Texas. What's his name? Joel Osteen. So he is literally, Bezos, making more money than God. He just spent $490 million on a yacht. A yacht. What's wrong, little honey? Miss Ember's been afraid all day today, acting like there's something wrong, and I'm hoping that she's not physically sick. She's been hiding and very skittish, and she hates this room when I'm on the air, but she just came running in here looking at something out there. I don't know what. I get worried when my little girl is worried. So there ain't no inflation problem. Really, there ain't. Don't let them tell you that lie. There's a greed problem. Now, the other big story in the news before we go to David Arquette is that everyone's going maskless now. Here in Nevada, masks are off. California, masks are coming off. Should they? No. Not until you're at 8% in the community, according to the CDC. Are we? We're at 32. But you know what? I've given up. I'm going to protect myself, wear a mask when I feel it's needed. I'm going to avoid large crowds. And then that's that. That's, that's what I can do. You know, I can do no more. And that's, I mean, they're letting us down. This morning, my friend Dell at the park, he was like, so we had to wear a mask when there were 27 deaths a day or uh, more than seven deaths a day. But now that there's 45 deaths a day, we don't have to. He's like, I know that it makes no sense. They're saying because vaccines worked and because the mask worked. No, there's record number of deaths and infections in Clark County, Nevada. Not, not a few, but record number. You okay over here, little girl? Got to check on my little girl. So we're, we're on, you know, on this Friday. I'd like to just talk entertainment, like with David Arquette. I'd like to not think about the fact that now we're going to be in more danger going out because now your server is not going to be masked. Now your doctors and things may still be. But for the most part, employees at casinos don't have to be masked now. And, you know, Omicron is out there. And today a study came out that said if you get even mild COVID, you have a risk within the first year of a heart attack, 69% more, 73% of heart failure, 49% for stroke. Even mild COVID increases your heart risk that much. And they're acting like getting it now ain't nothing. It's something. 
But we're supposed to act like it's a cold now, like it's the flu. It's not. But take off your mask. Go out in public. Spread the virus. Let it peak. Let it do its thing. There's, there's not much else we, I can tell you to do about that. If you're not comfortable, then stay home. Still get the delivery. Still do the mask. You know, you got to do what's right for you. I am not going to be maskless out in the hordes right now. I'm just not. If I go into a horde, I will have a mask on. Because I just don't feel comfortable yet. And maybe, it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's safe. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know, Miss N. So you got to do what you got to do. Okay? All right, before we get to David Arquette and talk, scream, and all kinds of things. Uh, really, those are the two things on my mind today, though. Like, you know, don't let the... I, I truly believe if the CDC were... If this were not a political thing, we'd still all be in mask. If they weren't closing down countries' borders, literally, because they're mad, they have to wear a mask. These freaking morons in Canada blocking the border, I would literally move them with a bulldozer. I would, pull, I would bulldoze their trucks. Yes, destroy them. I would tell them we're having a bulldozer come through this area. If your truck is here, it's getting bulldozed off the road. Period. Letting them shut down the borders for days and days because they're white supremacists, which they are. They follow a white supremacist. This has nothing to do with mask mandates. So as we have all this happening in the world, you're, you know, you're going to have to take care of yourself. And you're going to have to find a level of life that you're comfortable with and start living it again. You know, I'm optimistic that we're going to get going this year a little bit more than last. And that there will be some public events and some things. Hey, Oscar, now you don't have to be vaccinated to go. That's what they said. None of the presenters, nothing. They're not, there's no vaccine requirement for Oscar now. That, I, just, I find that amazing. But they're treating Omicron like it's over or like it's not serious. It is not, I, it's serious and it's not over. But I can't stop the wave that's coming. And neither can you. So you know what? Let go. Let some happiness in. You know, being happy is not a natural state of human existence. And I need you to acknowledge that happiness is a chore sometimes. But I think this weekend you need to be happier than sadder. I think you need to be more optimistic than afraid. Because ultimately, this will work itself out. If they all take off their mask and an Omicron or a new variant runs rampant, it will run through and they'll either drop dead, get sick, whatever, and then it will be safe to go back out without a mask. It's going, this year is, is it. It's going to run through. It might have a worse variant that comes, spikes, and then falls, but it's going to run through. Every epidemiologist says this is COVID's last big year. But in February, it is in no way over. The summer, it will go down. So start planning something. I'm going to Long Beach in March if I can afford it. I got to go see a doctor, uh, my annual measure of my aorta. Uh, and hopefully that hasn't grown too much. Uh, and so that's in March. I'm going to have to raise money. I'll, be, I'll broadcast while I'm there because it's during the week. Uh, and I, I want to go to Florida and see David and Toby. I want to go see Jake and Heather. This is my 60th year. I'll be 60 in November. And so I have decided that if people can celebrate Diamond Jubilee years, like Disney's 50th year or whatever, then I, this is my 60th year. This is my year. It's the year of the water dragon, which I am, and it's my year. And so I am... 
you know, wanting to do things this year, just like you. And I'm ready to get out. I'm ready to go and safely masked vaccines, you know, not hugging and kissing everybody, but being in the same room, you know, apart, six feet apart with family, friends, you know, if they're all vaccinated and stuff, it's fine with me. I'll start taking, you know, Steve is vaccinated. He's had COVID. I see him without a mask. Close family members like that. Sure. Yes, of course. Daniel Charleston, other people. Yeah, I'll be, you know, it's fine. And if I get it, I get it. But I'm not going to go out and sit in a theater. Uh, I might go to a movie theater. I might. I'll buy the seats next to me. I'm not making that up. I get tickets for $6. So for $18, I can have my seat, the seat next to me, and the seat on the other side. And that way, Ember can be in one because she goes. Uh, and then I don't have anyone on either side of me. And that'll be fine with me. So, yeah, I'm going to go back to the movies because, you know, I realized while watching the uh, trailer to Jurassic Park Dominion, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, the new movie coming out, Laura Dern's in it, Goldblum's in it, Sam Neill. They're all, they're all three back. Greatest hits. And it made me cry because I remember when Andrew and I were so hyped. We had read the Michael Crichton book, Jurassic Park, in like two days. And I never read anything to do, but I did. He did, too. We were so excited to go see it in opening night in Huntington Beach, and my mom wasn't feeling well, so instead of canceling, uh, Andrew said, let's just bring your mom, so we brought her in her wheelchair. We sat in the back row because of her wheelchair, and we watched Jurassic Park from Steven Spielberg, and it was so incredible. When the music by John Williams swells, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and the, he saw the dinosaurs over there, they were, and we saw them, and it was just so... And I realized that there's been so many of those moments of my life inside a movie theater. Barbara Streisand and A Star is Born popping up between two black girls in a group called the Oreos, which I now see was a poke on race, but I didn't understand at the time. Uh, but up pops the white girl inside of the, in front of the two black girls. Zap, chicka, boom, zap. Zap, chicka, boom, zap. The black, black widow is sitting in the... That's the first time I remember seeing Barbara Streisand. I had seen her before, obviously, at, in 16 years of life. But the first time I remember seeing her was in A Star is Born as Esther Hoffman Howard. I remember staying at that theater all day long and watching it five times. Going back over the weekend, I've seen A Star is Born over 200 times. My mom and I would go to the theater and we saw a Muppet movie the, the first one, and we loved it so much, my mom and I, my little four-foot-nine mother, that I said, you want to stay again? And she said, yeah, let's go to the snack bar. And we went to the snack bar, and we got popcorn and everything, and we went back and we watched it for the second time. That's a memory with mom I'll never forget. And where did that happen? In a movie theater. You know, the one thing in my life that if I don't make a film, I will regret if I don't make a film. I've made, and one that shows in a theater. It'd be great to see a film on television, but I've seen myself on television quite a few times. And it's an, a thrill every time. Uh, but I've never seen myself on a movie screen. And maybe I'd hate it. But I really want to see that before I die. I better get busy with that, huh? Before theaters are gone. All right. Well, I am Carell. That's a little talk of entertainment there. 
I want to go back to movie theaters. I realized today that so much of my life has been spent in that darkened room. There's a song by Barbara Streisand called Widescreen. There are songs that sound like movies. There are themes that fill the screen. There are lines I'll say that sound as if they're written. There are looks I'll wear the theater should have seen. But though I've made my life a movie, the matinee must end by five. This, that movie, that song shaped my life because I was, uh, that was me. I must stagger out into the blinding sunlight, half alive, wishing I were back inside the picture show there where it's always night. Notice how the screen is wide, the second roll wraps it around you tight. And I knew what she meant by the second roll. It's the second part of the movie when they used to have to change reels. I have two movie reels on my wall. You guys have seen them. Will I dream? Yes, I must. Widescreen dreams are just my size. How can lies be true? Yep. So go to the movies. Go see Scream because David Arquette's coming up right now. So go see Scream in a movie theater. Do yourself that favor. You know, I, I was of the mind for the longest time, well, I don't need to go to the theater. I got a 75-inch screen. This big screen enough. I, nope, I was wrong. I've been wrong up until today. Up until I saw the trailer. Up until I saw the trailer for Jurassic World. And I realized that there's been so many incredible moments inside of a movie theater. Yes, there have been great moments watching television, but there's been so many great moments in a theater when the head pops out of the boat in Jaws. <gasps> I'll never forget how terrified I was. The exorcist, when she comes downstairs, you're all going to die up there and she pees. Oh, my God. That movie scared me so much. I went home. I, I heard things in the attic. I knew there were things in the attic. We didn't have an attic. <laughs> but I just knew. Movies are powerful. I've had a love affair with them my whole life, which explains why I love my next guest. So I will see you on Monday because we're going to go to my guest. Uh, but I am Carell. You be who you want to be as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Try to have some fun this weekend. Hey, if you feel comfortable, take in a movie. If you feel comfortable. If you don't, if you're going to let them all take off their mask and go wild for, you know, eight weeks and you stay on modified lockdown or with a mask, then, then you do you. But as soon as you can, go back to the movies because my next guest has been in over 83 of them uh, and he's going strong. So stay tuned for David Arquette. I am Carell. Thank you all for being patrons at patreon.com forward slash Carell. And of course, check out my website, reallycarell.com. Thank you for making me the number 203 today. It was 197 yesterday. Podcast in the United States, number 248 in the world. And get this. Number 36 in Slovenia. I'm not making this up. It's on the Apple charts. It's documented. My podcast right now is number 36 in Slovenia. It's number 68 in Mexico. Hola, que paso? Number 68 in Mexico. 37 in Slovenia. Slovenia. I'm like, why? <laughs> Maybe it's my name, Karel. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so thank you for making this one of the most listened to podcasts in the world. Uh, that's pretty incredible. Now, David Arquette. Ah! 
All right. You know him because he's been in over 80 movies and equally as many television appearances. He is currently appearing in the smash hit Scream, a revitalization of the franchise, according to all of the critics. Uh, and he happens to be my friend and a father of three and a producer and a nightclub impresario. And he owns Bozo. He is David Arquette and he is here with us. Hi, David. Hey, Carol. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Let's talk about the the biggest thing at hand, because uh, since we're friends, I know you've got so many things going on, but let's talk about the biggest thing, Scream. Uh, this, I don't want to say came out of the blue, but there's been a trend to get original cast back together. And sometimes that magic works and sometimes it doesn't. I think everybody agrees in this version of Scream, it totally works to have you all back together. What was that like? I know you've been asked this on a whole personal level and I know you still know Courtney, but what was it like to be back working with the same group for the most part uh, on this new film with yet a whole younger versions of yourself, a whole nother cast of young people? Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, to start with the young people, they're just so incredibly talented, headed up by, uh, Melissa, who's just so incredible, and Jenna, they uh, really grounded it with this whole group. Jack Quaid, we'd known for years. So uh, it was really fun to work with them and watching them. They're like in their 20s. So they were like us when we started. Right. <laughs> so sort really of like a time warp. But then working with Courtney and them, it's always so thrilling. You know, Courtney and I, are, we co parent, so we interact quite a bit. And with um, Coco, yeah. Yeah. And then now, did you guys want to, uh, you know, everyone, there's all these questions on social media. If you could go back and 20, tell your 20 year old selves something. Well, on this film, you kind of had the time to tell your 20 year old selves something. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you bother to tell the youngsters anything about perhaps acting in their careers? Or did you realize that when you were that age, you probably wouldn't have listened to anybody anyway? So uh, <laughs> or did you find yourselves being mentors? Um. No, they were, they're all so professional and just so skilled at what they do that uh, we didn't really, you know, we let them you know, like talk about some of the past experiences or certain things that Wes would do or memories of Wes were, were a big topic of conversation or things that had happened throughout the years. But they really you know when you know this from experience when you're in a new relationship and there's an ex <laughs> or someone that's that's gone they're in that relationship too whether you want them to be or not they just are andrew will forever be in all of my relationships even though he's gone how present was wes craven on the set uh this time around since he of course is no longer here he's not with us well, matt and tyler the directors were really huge fans of wes and had a huge impact on them becoming directors and we talked about him quite a bit. Uh, they were really uh, conscious of wanting to do a film that uh, Wes would have approved of. And uh, I think they really achieved it. They did a great job. It's scary. It's funny. Audience seemed to love it. They really, uh, and the There's writer something about the getting that, you know, getting the band back together. I just saw a preview for the new Jurassic Park and Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum are back. And that made okay. me just cry looking at the trailer. I was just like, oh my God, they're all back. Uh, awesome. so there's, there's something about that and Scream had that same feeling when we see the three of you and you know people wise asking like they always do of course I have a gun you know you, I mean all these different things that you know are so that character and we see them back again now speaking of characters not to give anything away because Scream is still theaters it's going to be coming to video on demand and streaming very soon 
Uh, and so I want you to watch it and I don't want to give anything away. But there is a plot twist that other characters have said they're not happy with. I want to ask you, and I, I'm sure you know which plot twist I mean, uh, was, was, was this film and the plot okay with you? <laughs> or did you have, because some cast members have said they had a problem with the plot. Uh, did you have a problem with the plot? Uh, I understood where they were coming from. And, um, and you know, there were elements on the design of the character, like they had him drinking a lot. He's kind of in a dark place when you meet him. And I was like, that really doesn't seem like Dewey, to be honest with you. I was going to say that I, from what I know of Dewey, that's not a place he would go. But then again, you know, when people age, things happen. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty interesting that, you know, this character life didn't end up exactly where he had planned it to be so i really thought that was an interesting direction and makes for a, like a sort of darker more do it do thing. any of our lives end up where we where we expected them to be i don't know i, mean, I don't know well your well, life is all over the place i mean you've got scream out uh you created a documentary a few years back that i feel should have been oscar winning which is you cannot kill david arquette uh, and, and just an incredible documentary, a look at your wrestling and, 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 and sort of wanting to be taken seriously again and, and having to reprove yourself and, and probably more to yourself than to anybody else really, uh, yeah. but a really, a really great documentary. And then you go from that right back into a huge studio major feature with a few really interesting uh, independent films along the way. Uh, with some that I really, really enjoyed. The one where the kid's the driver, I'm, I'm, forget I'm blanking on the name, but there's a kid, he's a driver. And, oh, and, Spree. And, Spree, oh my God, yeah. that's, a, oh, that's, such a, that's, that's a fun movie. Spree is a really yeah. fun film. Uh, people should you see that out. is just an amazing director. What is it about movies like that, 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 I mean, obviously when they say, do you want to come back to Scream and it's, you know, you're, you're going to be featured and there's going to be all of this and here's the paycheck. I mean, obviously you want to do that, but what is it about films like Spree that grab you and make you want to do those? Oh, uh, Eugene was just such an incredible director. He really had a vision for it. It was such an interesting twist on a sort of horror thriller uh, so the commentary on social media. I just really enjoyed his, he's just a, he knows. Film. And strangely comedic in some ways. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dark, yeah. dark comedy. Speaking of comedy, we only have you for 15 minutes, so I'm going to cover a lot of bases. Yeah. Uh, one of the most fun things that you have done recently, and you do a lot of fun, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Betty White. Everybody loved Betty White. You know, there's just, there's universally across the board, Everything from dogs to humans uh, to, I mean, in a country divided, I think we all agreed we all love Betty White because yeah. she was a lot of fun. And you have this image, and, and it's not an image, it's real, uh, of fun and happiness and, and, you know, trying to make people smile and, and, you know, really being in it for the adventure and for the fun uh, of it. Let me ask you, how has that not been robbed from you over the last, well, I don't want to say seven years, but at least the last two. I mean, how have you managed to maintain that sense of fun? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I really think it's a lot of self-reflection and wanting to do better, not make the same mistakes and just kind of uh, figuring out how to deal with certain things like anxiety and how to do it in a positive, creative way and not a way that self-sabotages. So yeah, exercise, being creative, 
And because then, uh, actors and, and, yeah. and actors and producers, they feel all the same stuff we're feeling, especially through the last couple of years. It's not like you're immune to anxiety or stress or you have kids, three beautiful children. You have a lovely wife whose career is a Christina McLarty, whose uh, career as a documentarian and a filmmaker is completely just taking off as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's and, and then the pandemic strikes right as she's really hitting her stride making mm -hmm. movies. Uh, so obviously that has played the dynamic. I have to ask you personally too. a lot of couples have said the pandemic was either good for them or not so good for them because they saw so much of each other. Has the pandemic been good or bad for your relationship? I'd say it's been positive. I mean, when we did uh, the wrestling documentary it really captured a place in my life where you know, a lot of things were coming to a head and I'd, uh, you know, really been beating myself up for years and hadn't forgiven myself and hadn't really gotten to that place of wanting to, you know, get past that. And uh, I finally did. And we had worked on a lot of relationship stuff. So yeah, it'd been, it's been, uh, I felt like once the whole thing hit, we had sort of done the work so that, you know, obviously it's a pressure cooker with kids and, and just relationships and just all of the stuff that comes with it. But uh, And little kids, not just yeah. kids, but kids that don't understand so, pandemics so, and having to yeah, stay so, home. And yeah, so like the homeschooling was a challenge in its own. <laughs> You're like, did I ever learn this stuff? My main thing I'd take away was I was just so grateful to my parents. Like, oh, now I get it. Now I know how like difficult I was and how, you know, how needy and all this stuff. Yes, grandparents love to watch their children as they have children because they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of your mother, uh, you you are, I mentioned a nightclub empresario, uh, Bootsy Bellows in Los Angeles, a wildly successful club and now a brand, uh, which does pop-ups at other clubs, even like here in Vegas and, and things that you do. Uh, you've maintained uh, being a nightclub empresario through sobriety, uh, which is great and to be applauded. Uh, and the question becomes, do you, what, I know that every entertainer has their side project, but you've got so many, you've got Bozo we're gonna talk about, you've got being a Bob Ross certified painter. Uh, how dedicated are you still to the, the Bootsy Bellows? And do you think that nightlife will come back post pandemic because it's been so limited uh, for the last two years? Do you think people are just yearning to get out and have a good time? Yeah, I do think people are yearning to get out and have a good time. And, um... It's a great business. I did it with my partners at H Wood and they just opened Delilah there in Las Vegas. And um, we recently opened uh, a Bootsies at the SoFi Stadium for all of the Rams games. So now the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. So that's really exciting. What would mom say about this? It's named after her stripper name. Uh, yeah. And what would mom think about, you know, Bootsy, her name well, being like all over? Burlesque dancer. She said she wasn't a stripper, but she <laughs> burlesque danced for a short period of time. And I was like, did you have a, a name? She said Bootsy Bellows. But, um, you know, it was funny. It all sort of came together at this moment on my 50th birthday. And then I get there and I'm sitting in this place and I'm looking at this game. And I was just, it kind of felt like a little bit of a gift from my mom. So, uh, I and you just turned 50, by the way. I'll be 60 this year, so you're still a child. Uh, but you just turned 50, and you look fabulous. Uh, you you know, too, buddy. Oh, thanks. But no, you really do. Uh, by the way, he is the youngest of the Arquette dynasty. Uh, and yes, he is close with all of his family, Roe and Patricia and all of them. 
Uh, they are all very close. I'm not going to bother you and ask you about, you know, are you close? Of course, you're close with your family. You love, you guys love each other and, and the whole thing. And I'm very proud of both of your sisters. They're both, uh, Ro has become quite the activist, uh, Rosanna Arquette. Uh, and all of them uh, still have the Alexis Arquette Foundation uh, in honor of the late Alexis Arquette, who was a trailblazer uh, in either gender non-binary or gender fluidity uh, far ahead of uh, her time, Alexis, in terms of where we are now. Uh, and Alexis, of course, was way ahead of her time and, and identifying as one or the other or freely in between the two. Uh, and we all miss Alexis, by the way. I miss Alexis. Thank I know you, you do. We all miss Alexis. Uh, so you did buy Bozo, uh, speaking of fun and the pandemic. And uh, I grew up with Bozo, by the way. I I'm, uh, was born in 1962. So, I, you know, Bozo was on TV. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that Ronald McDonald was a ripoff. Uh, he was. So what? Willard, he was a ripoff. <laughs> Willard Scott was a Bozo. They went and sold a bunch of uh, burgers for McDonald's. And then McDonald's took uh willard scott and created ronald mcdonald right i mean you can I mean, you can but i grew up seeing them seeing it so i'm like hey that's just a copy so yeah. what are you going to do with him and why does the world need a happy clown at this point oh uh, it's just uh there's so many incredible clowns out there and uh we just announced jozo bozo the first female bozo the clown and she's a person of color so it's really great for little boys and girls to be able to look up to her and you know and and just uh there's a lot of stuff. We have bozo.com where there's t-shirts and uh, there's a shirt right now for Your Mom Cares, an amazing charity that works uh, to help uh, people. But of all the things to buy, why Bozo? You know, why, what was it about? Yeah, what was it about the brand and about Bozo that made you go, right I want here. this? That's a picture of me in my father's costume. He used to dress up as Butter the Clown oh. for my birthday parties. And I just loved it. And I fell in love with Bozo when I lived in Chicago. And I just want to bring that kind of joy back to, to kids and to grownups. And you know, the whole idea is to sort of lighten up the tone and uh, let your clown out, create a lot of positivity and hopefully create a brand that can give back. You know, art takes a beating in schools, both acting, singing, dancing, painting. Uh, takes a beating. And we used to value that. And we used to value it so much that we would put someone like Bob Ross on TV every week and show people actually how to paint at home. And that's what he would do. There were no bells or whistles. He just stood there and painted and talked to you. And it was highly rated and people loved it. You are a certified Bob Ross painter. And you do that. And it brings a lot of joy to people when you go and you paint, you'll go and paint. You even got to paint, I think, back at his studio or, or something like that. You took a tour and they let you paint yeah. there. Um, yeah you obviously love art. Uh, and so the question becomes, are we missing out by teaching our children art? Uh, we have to teach our children art, it's so important. I mean, here's another piece I did. It's like a- You have an exhibit, you're in a gallery. I saw that you have an exhibit. Uh, yeah, I just, I just showed a piece at a Love Malibu style, a, a fun project, my friend. Uh, Eddie Donaldson put together. And uh, yeah, so I love art. I've been doing art my whole life. It's just such a- Do you teach art. your kids how, to, are you teaching your kids how to paint? Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, mostly drawing at this age, but yeah, sometimes paint. And uh, yeah, it's just, you have to do something creative all the time. You have to do something physical all the time. You're the energizer bunny of creativity. What are you talking about? Uh, so let's close with this. The world is taking off their masks today. Nevada said you don't have to wear them. I don't necessarily agree, but 
we can all protect ourselves now. Uh, but that being said, there is sort of this mood that 2022, everyone's getting back, you know, gearing back up, getting back to something. What are you most excited about, about the year ahead? About, you've got a hit movie out, uh, you know, and that's all, that never hurts. So a well-reviewed hit movie never hurts anybody's feelings. So you've got a hit movie out, uh, you, you're doing stuff with Bozo. Uh, what, but what most are you looking forward to in the future? I did a film called The Storied Life of A.J. Fickrey based on a, a best-selling book by Gabrielle Zevin. And uh, that's really a wonderful character. And I got to work with some tremendous actors on that. And Bozo, really. It's all been a lot of Bozo work. We're doing a documentary, sort of tracing that, tracing the journey of trying to, you know, bring kind clowns back and unite kind clowns and just be a voice for kind clowns. and. And then do the work that uh, that goes into that, like studying with healthy humor in, in New York so uh, I can go and entertain kids that are going through a hard time in hospitals. You know, <laughs> having a big heart medically will kill you. I'm just glad that you have a big heart metaphorically mm -hmm. uh, because you do, I, and I know personally I can say that I'm watching your endeavors, you always try to spread some joy and some love and some light. Uh, even with a scream film where we're supposed to be terrified, I'm sure on the set they were still having a ball because I, I know what you are and how you are on set. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, best to you and Christina and the family. Uh, great success with the film, continued success with that and the other projects in the future. And thanks for stopping by, David Arquette. Thank you, Corral. It's always great to see you. <laughs> oh, look at this you. shirt. Oh, what is it? Freddie Mercury as Schroeder. <laughs> you gotta end with the laugh somehow i think he would approve <laughs> bye dude thanks so much It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for the summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for the summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. <laughs>